till we couldn't shake no more. We got down on our knees when cancer knocked at our door. We got kicked in the ass. We gave lots of sass. Oh, when it rains, it falls into this half full glass. Oh, thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Victories in the dark. Hi, I'm Mimi Hall. And I'm Leanna House. And you're listening to Thanks Cancer. We are two cancer friends. And we're not doctors. We're not nurses. We're not shrinks. We're not psychics. We're not shamans. No, and cancer's pretty hard, too. I mean, cancer's a little hard. You might hear some swearing words in the episode. Ben, we hope you'll enjoy it. This is the podcast we wish that we had when we were going through our treatment. So, Mimi, today we (gasps) are not social distancing anymore. Well, we are quarantined. We are a quarantine. Yeah, Hall House Productions is quarantining. Because I am isolated and you are isolated. Yeah, we isolated, we went through quarantine, and now we're here recording again with my cat, Benny. Yeah, I had a, it was interesting. I had my annual call yesterday with my doctor. With telemedicine. Yeah, exactly. So that's where all of the meetings have been going. And I actually did just want to say, so it was interesting. It was my, um, like my four year in the clear from when I had like my final tax all. So wow. Yeah. So I'm like into my going into my five years now. And I have to say, like, it was one of the best conversations I've had with my doctor because it was like talking to a friend or a colleague or a professional. Someone that you've known intimately for the past four years. Yeah, but she, but also like we weren't in her setting. Yeah. We were on the phone. I was talking during my office upstairs and she wasn't wearing a white coat. I wasn't wearing a gown. The power dynamic was more informative and she gave me some really interesting studies to check out. Mm. And I just, let me just say like, I we have great meetings in person, but we our conversation went in a really interesting, different, rich place. So thanks, Dr. Mayer. Well, I'm excited about like all of the telemedicine that's happening right, right now, because I do think that that's a really good tool in our toolbox to have these calls with doctors, because there's a lot of appointments that I've had with my doctor that could have been a phone call. Oh, oh, completely. There's a lot of superfluous meetings at a certain point, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. (laughs) No, but at a certain point, you're just like, do I really need to see my breast surgeon a year later? Not really. Do I really need Uh, to fight Boston traffic to do those? Right, that whole saga that we always (laughs) talk about. But I mean, you know, so I think it was interesting. And so I saw something that made me want to put this podcast together that cancer diagnoses are down 75% um, post-COVID. And that's not surprising because annual visits are down 68%. Because no one's going into the hospital. Right. And they don't want you to. But I did just want to say and start out by saying, I think the telemedicine is not something to turn your nose up at. And it's there. And the doctors are available. And I think it's really something to pursue. And it really scared me to think about those numbers. And I guess I wanted to just discuss what the symptoms of our breast cancer was as a result. I think that's a good idea because you have a lot of people that are still having those symptoms, but not being able or not being wanting to go into the hospital, right? Right. My experience going into Dana-Farber has not been bad. And you work there and you have to pop in and out now and again, right? And so I, I, you know, it's been very actually slow, but easy. And comforting that 
we're all taking it very seriously. Like, I'm very comforted by the checkpoints that we have, how much they are aware of the problem and working to mitigate any problems and keep patients safe. Absolutely. And I, we were saying earlier, it just sucks to be a cancer patient right now. I would not want to be at the beginning of my cancer journey because the cancer journey is so fucking weird anyway. It's just layers of weird. (laughs) It's like a layer cake of shit. It's really bad. It's really bad. But anyway, the, the system in some ways though is kind of It's almost better in a way, though, because it's really, really safe and you can just kind of isolate yourself, which isn't a bad thing. Now, going through this all yourself, you can't bring a helper in with you to chemo and stuff like that. It must be tough. But at the same time, I want to assure everyone it's working. But my worry is, and this is what our point is, that there's going to be a lot of people slipping in from stage 2B like I was slipping into stage 3B during this time, like you slipping from stage 3 to stage 4. You know what I mean? And And if you have one of the really aggressive cancers, that's very easy to do. Like I wanted to delay my treatment for a month and my doctors were like, that's not a good idea. I'm like, shit. Cause a month, not in every cancer, but a month can make a difference sometimes. So let's talk about some of the warning signs of breast cancer. <laughs> okay. So for me, I was 44. I'm going to, I'm going to bookend this conversation with this. Almost everything I went through, people said it's menopause. <laughs> Really? Yeah. And it didn't matter what I, it was just like everyone's pat answer. So please, if people, if you're having lots of problems, know that people are going to say this is menopause and you're not going to know what to say about that because guess what? You've never been through menopause most likely, you know? So here's what happened for me. The first thing that happened was my breasts swelled up like to this like size they'd never been. I had, which is a very common sign of breast cancer. Right. Oh, and we skipped over the common signs, but we'll sprinkle those in. Okay. 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 So thickening or swelling of the breast is right. a very common sign of breast cancer. Let's just rattle through the okay. other common signs of breast cancer. So okay. common signs. Obviously a lump. A lump. Irritation or dimpling of the breast skin. Redness or flaky skin in the nipple area of the breast. Discharge from the nipple. Discharge other than breast milk, including blood, which freaks me the fuck out. Pulling in the nipple or pain in the nipple area. Any change in the size or the shape of the breast or pain in any area of the breast. And these are from cdc.gov. Okay. And so for me, I would say breasts getting really big, it doesn't seem, and like your nipples getting really pronounced doesn't seem like something that's bad. Like it just seems like, whoa, like my hormones are shifting or something. You know what I mean? And honestly, they look fantastic. And so this is what happened for me having Hertunoia growth hormone. It's a growth hormone for breast tissue. So like my boobs just suddenly started looking like my breasts had always been fine but they suddenly started looking like very nice you know what I mean yeah. and they were itchy because they were I they were growing you know what I mean like they what were a weird symptom for breast cancer your breasts look amazing maybe it's cancer it felt like poison ivy for me so then I I started to also have a little pinging pain just it reminded me of like a feeling of like a little shrimp on your foot or a sea monkey or something like it was fluttering in there and I knew like something was up I was like oh I've pinched a nerve or something maybe doing Bikram it was that winter in 2015 where it snowed a lot so I thought oh god I did it shoveling because I was shoveling like every night for three months you know and so 
I just assumed because like I hurt myself a lot during that winter, like falling down and this and that. I just thought, oh, I must have like fallen on the shovel and pinched a nerve in my breast. That was my story. And I would feel it every time I was doing yoga. So that, and normally people don't feel pain. And then, um, well, it's very easy to dismiss these little signs and sometimes it's so easy to dismiss everything. So I started getting really bad night sweats, like to the point where I needed to go and get a towel. Which is also a symptom of menopause. I can see where people are coming from. See what I'm saying? It's also a symptom of someone who does a lot of Bikram and teaches a lot of Bikram, unfortunately, because we just like, I don't know why. Ask anyone. (laughs) Yeah, we become weird sweat people. But this was like a lot. So I was like, what's going on? And then um, also I was having odd dreams at the very end. And I have to say, if there was one thing, I slept walk for the first time since I was... a teenager or something. I mean, in my own house, which is dangerous because I have stairs. You have very dangerous stairs when I you're know. awake. I woke up and I thought I was in Spain. I really did. I remember it so clearly. I was like, oh, oh, whose villa am I in? I don't understand this. Why am I not in the finca? And it was really strange. I um, came back in and was talking to my boyfriend. And then I put my hand through him and I realized he wasn't there. I mean, oh. it was weird. And then I had in the same week, I had these series of dreams, one where I said goodbye to every lover that I'd ever had who was significant to me, and then another where I got like almost pulled out to sea and then drawn back in. And looking back, honestly, everything that like I was like kind of hitting the rocks and stuff like this, and it was along the side that the cancer was affecting me. And interestingly, my boyfriend at the time pulled me out, and two days later, he was the one who discovered my like five centimeter tumor. So it it was dreams and portents for me. Well, your subconscious was trying to tell you something. Totally, totally. And also just fatigue. Like it had a lot to do with sleep, obviously, for me, just being like this level of tired when it's a beautiful summer day. So again, this stuff like though, isn't it all just like, oh, I'm tired. Oh, I'm exhausted. I'm going through menopause. So just, I had to really push. Okay. My doctor, I went in to see him, my GP, he didn't catch it. And then I had to go back after my boyfriend caught it, who is not a, he was an architect. Okay. My ex-boyfriend was an architect. (laughs) You had a lot of physical knowledge, but like. So he knows when a strut is where it shouldn't be. Listen, he actually is a very good architect and he was very much into the details, but (laughs) like he was the perfect person to, I mean, I still thank you, Chris. I thank you. Uh, If you're out there, I, you are out there that I hope you're fine. Go find some more tumors. No, don't. Oh, Chris. Oh, thank you. Anyway. So if you can't get into your doctor, if you can get in to see Chris. No, but like, I'm sorry, I'm going to say this. Fuck my doctor. And thank you, Chris, because my doctor pushed me away. I went to him with these symptoms in June and he said, you're stressed out. The farmers are making you stressed out because I was launching the Boston public market. Like it wasn't the farmers making. Anyway. And, And he was told me to run more, which I did. I got like, new running gear and I started running more and it did not help and then he gave me a prescription for iron which is a tumor growth you cannot outrun cancer and iron only makes it stronger I know actually I don't know that that's not been vetted by any clinical studies oh really good to know that well I don't I don't know if iron makes tumors oh no it does actually I would have to look at the peer-reviewed data on that listen I think it does but anyway but fuck my doctor. Thank you, Chris, and for finding the tumor. So that's my story. My takeaway is push. Okay. But okay. What about you? Did you have any portents? I had. I had no signs and symptoms. Okay. So I had. I had started a new job in March. Um, 
and I had been getting, you know, doing the whole interview thing, which is super stressful. And then I got a new job, which was like my dream job at Harvard, uh, which was like three jobs put together. So it was an impossible job anyway. And in like a really high stress, high power lab at Harvard. Uh, So I was going a mile a minute, I was going 100 miles a minute. And I had planned that big bike trip, that 300 mile bike trip through four states. And so that was also crazy in the middle of this. So I started my job in February, crazy, 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 did this bike trip in June. Did you plan the bike trip before you got the job? Kind of, not really. Okay. I was like planning the bike trip as I was starting this job. And then I um, went on this bike trip where I got in a wreck and everyone told me to go to the doctor and I didn't want to go to the doctor because like, I mean, I was fine. I was walking and bruised and a little bit beaten up, but I was fine. And I didn't, I also didn't want to like, you know how hard it is to like find a new PCP and figure out your new insurance. This is what I worry about right now because it's such a hassle all the time. It's such a hassle all the time. So I, so I put mine off going to the doctor and it was that the first inkling that I had that I had cancer was when I was in the room getting a breast exam that I told her that I didn't need because I had gotten a breast exam six months ago and there was (gasps) fucking nothing. Wait a minute. I didn't know that. So I had gotten, I think it was December. I'd have to look at my records. December, I had gotten my, you know, right annual pap smear and whatever OBGYN and my breast exam at that point and then it was... But your resume was a mammogram? It wasn't a mammogram because it's not a protocol to get mammograms before you're 35. So you, like me, I had a manual examination in June right. and they found nothing. And you had a manual examination and they found nothing, which they tells us nothing. about manual examinations. Well, but it also tells us how fast a tumor can grow. Yeah. So the first inkling that I had that I had cancer was when this doctor was like, what is this lump? Is this new? And I'm like, holy shit, I don't even, I didn't even know that I had a lump. And like, I try to, you know, feel it on the first or whatever. But honestly, I was never really great at self-examination. And certainly I'm not great at self-examination when I have like a bunch of other stuff going on in my life um, that I'm stressed out about. And for a while, it was kind of weird. Like, I don't know, I was like afraid of feeling my breast because every time I felt the tumor, it would freak me out. Yeah, I didn't I didn't have symptoms. I didn't have fatigue. I mean, I guess my symptom was like spending way too much time not thinking about my body or paying attention to what was going on. But I was I was tired, but I was starting a new job and I was like stressed out. And I was like, I don't remember having dreams. I don't remember... I mean, the, there was pain from my bike wreck, but like I didn't right, have. But it didn't, you didn't have like any breast fluttering like I did. I had no breast fluttering. I had no swelling. I had no fluttering. discharge. It was it was just bam tumor, I guess. So that's. And how big was your tumor? Four or five centimeters. Same size as mine, and then I had uh-huh. like three more. Yeah, I had growing, a like speckled, like yeah. you know, throughout the breast. Where was it? On you. It was on my left breast on the outside. See, that's a weird place, too. Like, it's like, and to find mine, you had to lean over and pal- at an angle and palpate it like that to feel it. And then once you did that, you were like, Jesus Christ. Well, and breasts are but like I didn't do that lumpy and weird and changing all the time anyway, like throughout my cycle. So, like, I kind of felt like self-breast exams, while useful, are not 
going to always catch things immediately because your breasts are constantly changing and lumpy. I mean, mine aren't, mine weren't lumpy at all. Just to say like mine were never lumpy when I did an examination, but I would have just, I didn't catch it doing that because I, I had to lean over at an angle, turn my shoulder up and palpate it to find it even when I knew it was there. And that's the reason my boyfriend could find it. Cause he was, he was like, below like he was seeing it in three dimensions you know what I mean and that's how he found it and he'd also kept mentioning he's like your boobs are getting really big like they're much bigger than when I met you and I kept saying yeah well and he kept saying he was inferring I was gaining weight and I was a little puffy too (laughs) (laughs) I'm not gonna lie I was a little puffy my sister mentioned it she was like and then again she mentioned it to my stepmother and my stepmother said she's going through menopause but I was 44 and you were 33. So that's a difference, you know? Yeah. So you had no signs though. Like it just was like, boom. It was just boom. You have cancer. And I, I don't know. Like I wouldn't have, if I hadn't had the bike wreck, I wouldn't have gone into the doctor until like December or maybe another, you know, six months after that. I, if Chris hadn't found it, I wouldn't have even known. And and I have to say, like, I know it's so scary to go into this process, and I know it's so scary right now it, for good reason. But it it's not it's not as scary as you think. And it, what's really scary is having stage four cancer. Yes, that I, is truly scary. That is, um, you can still fight it right now. You can really still fight it right now. And even if you have to do home remedy, let me tell you. Some of that stuff can help you. And it's just, remember, placebo is 33% too. Well, I think our first protocol might be don't be afraid. Yeah, be brave, right? Well, you can't, you shouldn't be afraid of figuring out what's wrong, especially if you know that something's wrong. Also, talk to your friends your sisters, your moms, like everyone, talk to everyone about this stuff. If you've gone through it, be an advocate for them going in, ask them if they're going in for their appointments right now, um, ask them if they can push, if you know it runs in your family, push. And the hospitals are doing so much to mitigate the spread of any infectious diseases because, okay, COVID-19 is a huge deal, However, hospitals are always dealing with like MRSA and a bunch of other diseases that are super common at the hospital that spread in similar ways. So hospitals like are in a lot of ways the best place to not get freaking coronavirus or COVID. I can tell you being a patient at Dana-Farber at least once a month that I, it's empty in there now too. None of the patients from Saudi Arabia are there anymore. You know what I mean? Like that used to be half the population at certain times of the year in the summer. And there's no one, there's no international patients. It's completely empty. I mean, you basic, because remember those stats, like if people aren't getting diagnosed, their populations just dropped by a substantial amount. Anyone who has things that can be delayed are being delayed. So if you need treatment, you are going to get it and you might get really excellent care and attention right now. I mean, one of the things I've taken away is there's a lot of chance and fate in this. You know what I mean? Like just telling our stories, there's a lot of chance and fate and magic in this. And that could be your story or your friend's story right now. And maybe it will work for them. Like a lot of weird things seem to. I was just thinking about this this morning. Like, it seems like the world wanted us to be alive. Sometimes I resent that. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know what? I can, I can, I can sympathize with that. We're here. <laughs> and if the world wants you to be alive, you're gonna, you're gonna be alive. And I'm gonna try to make as many people be alive with me through this podcast <laughs> by saying, men, you and women, ask your husbands, your partners, your girlfriends, your wives, check your breasts, and they get to do the three dimensional check too, like. Really, it's really important. And if people tell you that you seem like you're having a really bad menopause and you kind of your periods coming regularly, you you know just just pay attention to that. Well, you know your body best. You know what you are the only one who's living inside your body and feels your body from the inside and feels what's different, what's weird, what's common. Like you need to take that knowledge and like if there's something wrong you know better than anyone else, even doctors. Yeah. And if you're not ready to check out yet, fight, fight for yourself. You're going to have to push hard. I had to push hard during good time. And it's just push and take care of yourself. You know what I mean? Like really take care of yourself right now. The thing that we do have right now with social isolation is a lot of time for rest. No matter what, the more you rest, the more you drink water, the more you stretch, you're going to be fine. And the more you wash your hands, I heard that washing hands prevents cancer. Washing hands prevents everything except it promotes dry hands. And also not wearing masks all the time. We have a mandatory mask order right now in Massachusetts. Um, I, I can't wear lipstick. So my lips are super chapped because I'm like, I take off my mask and then I get burnt on my lips. So... I need to have a new lipstick solution. We do because that's dry skin is a ingress for viruses. Or oh, that's great. Okay, super. This whole mask thing. Ugh. <laughs> I like, I love hate my masks. Okay. So I think we are thanking Chris. Yeah, we're, you know what? We're thanking Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Thank you, Chris. Chris. Thanks, Thanks Chris. Thanks, Cancer. <laughs> that was our episode. Thanks for listening to Thanks, Cancer. If you guys enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would give us a review on iTunes or Google Play. And you can find us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook at Thanks, Cancer. And please, we'd love to hear from you, your stories, your protocols, exactly advice that you have to share with the community. So send us your audio files at info at thanksCancer.com. Well, the traffic stopped you lay on the horn and you ask yourself, where is my cancer unicorn? But we're at the gate with your cancer card, we're your passport date. Trees in the dark. <laughs>